All right, you are now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode one seventy one, and you know what we're talking about: James Harden to Brooklyn, Kyrie to. Well, we don't know where Kyrie is at. And COVID in the NBA. We're breaking it all down for you. It is the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music. Excuse me. I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Ludi us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 171. Yep. 171. 171. Unfortunately, Drew, I mean, there's nothing to talk about in <laughs> basketball today. Uh, we're not going to have you know any content for you guys. Um, psych. Psych. <laughs> a lot's going on. Uh, a lot broke yesterday, and I thought it'd be funny, Drew, because I, I'm going to give you the option. Okay. I'm going to give you a multiple choice on where you want to start this pod today. All right. Okay. Just envision envision a Scantron sheet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That takes me back. A, how much I hate James Harden. <laughs> B, how much I hate Kyrie Irving. Okay. C, how I feel James Harden got bit by the KD legacy bug. Interesting. D, the Nets mortgaging their whole franchise future to win a chip in the next two years, or bonus, how I feel an all-out stop of NBA games will happen due to the coronavirus. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like you, you to pick I get where to we choose. go with this. Yes. Uh, well, I think we should save the coronavirus stuff for the end, okay? Uh, because it certainly is having an impact right okay. now. <laughs> okay. I think uh, what was it? What was it? C. What What was C? C would be how I feel. Harden got bit by the KD me, legacy. I want bug. D. I want D. You want D? Yes. Which is the Nets mortgaging their whole future? Yes, that's where I want to start. Okay, let's start with that, Drew. So, as you may have heard yesterday, <laughs> the, the the Nets finally made their deal to get James Harden. James James Harden got to go where he wanted to go, which I hate, by the way. Uh, they gave up their best defensive player, their best young player. Uh, and all of their picks for right. the future. So to break it down, yes. Nets get Harden. Rockets end up with Oladipo, Exum, and Kuruks. Pacers get Karis LeVert. The Cavs get another center in Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Hey, can we just say, hold on really fast. We got Love. We got Drummond. We got Nance. Uh, Nance, Allen. Hey. JaVale McGee is on that JaVale team. JaVale McGee is on that. It was, and they're pairing him with Sexton and... Yeah, Sexland. Sexland. Which, did you hear that Cleveland's uh, Cleveland Instagram page said they will not market t-shirts that say Sexland? Which is appropriate. I don't... I That's a, th- a market I want to jump in on. Though. Well, no, it's appropriate for the Cavs not to do it. Right. It's, it's a hilarious nickname. I'm sure the Cavs aren't going to put that on t-shirts. No, but I can. And I, I'm sure the, the NBA may have enforced that as well. I mean, you can't have a Sexland shirt. No. I mean, you could sell it on Pornhub or something. <laughs> Spencer Davies, our boy from basketballnews.com, could slang him. He's in Cleveland right now. Yeah, I'm sure those shirts are already being made so, by somebody. So they're already the Nets are already a, a poor defensive team, and you just give up the best rim protector you have. DJ was benched the other night, got a DNP, didn't even play. Uh, we were both we both doubled down on on the Nets early in the season when Kyrie was there. Uh, he hasn't been there. It's going to be his fifth game he missed. He's probably going to miss two more. Uh, 
Marks came out today with a tweet that said Kyrie's really excited to come back, which pissed me off even more about Kyrie. <laughs> He's really um, excited, is he? So just let's talk about the scheme of their offense, right? So we're going to have KD, Kyrie, Harden, DJ, and Harris. Harris. Yeah. Okay. And then and then what's left? We have our boy uh, Cabarro, who I like a lot. TLC. Shamit, who is yep. shooting very poorly right now. They got little Chioza, little point guard Chioza. Right. Is that enough to win a championship? And do you think that this is actually going to work? So offensively, there's some issues, right? As far as who's the alpha, right? So the first thing that I asked myself is like, how is this offense going to function? If all three of them are playing together, who's the alpha dog, right? Do you think it's Kevin Durant? I think it's Kevin. It has to be. I think it's going to be Kevin Durant. Uh, we already know that Kyrie was comfortable with Kevin being the alpha dog. The question is, is James Harden going to be similarly comfortable giving that ball to Kevin Durant for the last shot, for instance? Um, I don't know because he hasn't had to do that since Oklahoma City, right? He's been the whole time in Houston. He's been catered to. He's definitely been the last shot guy. Uh, and it's going to take a lot of adjustment for him to realize that he probably should pass the ball to Kevin Durant, unless, of course, a mismatch is dictating that, you know, Harden can go. And I think that's the thing where, you know, Nets fans and the Nets organization will push back and say, well, we don't necessarily have to have Kevin Durant take the last second shot. And that's the beauty of having three of the best 20 players in the NBA in our starting lineup. Uh, And arguably, you might have the best point guard in the league when Kyrie, that's the one that's Mm. that's iffy because there's a lot of good point guards. Uh, but when Kyrie is on and hitting and, you know, doing his stuff, there's not many, I don't think there's any point guard that may be better than him when he's doing everything that you want him to, uh, on the floor, that is. James Harden, I think, is definitely the best shooting guard in the NBA. And Kevin Durant, without a doubt, is the best forward in the NBA as far as offensive, you know, capabilities go. Uh, so the Nets pushback go, well, look, you know, that's the beauty of what we have here now is that we can spread it around. If Kyrie's the guy that's being guarded by their third best defender, we can let him take the last second shot. Or if Harden's the guy, you know, being guarded by a weaker defender, we can let him take the shot. But I would say, you know, something that the that the Clippers, we, we asked the questions about Paul George and Kawhi, how they would share the ball. I think uh, there's still some questions about that too for the Clipper team, but that's it's a similar thing that the Nets are going to have to face. And that's going to be something that we're going to see, especially in the playoffs, rear its head when they get there. Who? So in your estimation, do you think Kyrie becomes like the Chris Bosh of this he trio? To. He has and to And just be. takes a back seat? Well, look, I also think that this is an insurance policy based on what's going on with Kyrie, okay? And we'll get into B of our Scantron sheet on why I'm just over Kyrie Irving. The fact that at any point in a, in a Nets game, you can have a... 30 plus a night score on on the floor at all times with you can have two you can have three you you're going to have a lot of offense on that squad 100%. Defensively, I think the I think uh they're 0 and 5 when they don't score 120 points. Right. which is a pretty impressive stat cuz 120 points is a lot of points. They can get the points on the board. Defensively, I think they're lacking. I think that I mean what we've seen with KD these past 10 games is amazing. He is in tip-top shape, but it, it, he shouldn't be playing 38 minutes a game coming off an, an Achilles injury, you know? And then if you don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie, that's why I think everything went so fast. I agree. Right? I agree. 
everything went so fast. I thought the offer on the table from what I hear from Philly was better. And I would have taken that. I know the picks are a huge thing. So you're, you're basically going for win a championship now. Like we yep. have to win one right now, but I think defensively, like if you're going against a, a Laker team, you're in trouble. You're in big time trouble or Milwaukee or Milwaukee getting, or Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like, so back, sorry, back to what I was saying about Philly. Like I would have done if, if this was a real trade for Ben Simmons, Maxi and, or Thibel, I would have done that in a heartbeat. It's the better trade for the league. And it's the better trade for Houston, in my opinion. But if Houston's rebuilding, those picks are so important. And if I'm Silas at this point with James Harden, after what happened in that Laker game, where and I've I've said this, dude, I think I think Harden is petrified of the fucking Lakers and LeBron. He is so over losing in the West, right? And you know, the funny meme was like after LeBron hit that hit that shot, that Harden was just like, you know, fuck it, I'm over this, right? And I guess we'll get into the the why I hate James Harden in a minute. But yes, I think it's a much better trade because I'm thinking Wall and Simmons, right? And you get one of the, either Maxi or Thibault. Like that's a that's a nice little squad right there. Absolutely. With with a pick in there too. Like you got to get some kind of pick in Certainly. there. Certainly. I I honestly think that either Philly got a little too cute and they didn't think that the Brooklyn Nets were going to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're probably like, look, we, you know, the Nets may or may not be in this. We think we're the only team in this. So we're just going to give you Simmons and Thibel, right? And they didn't want to give up Maxi from everything that we're hearing right mm-hmm. now. It's, it's clear that the Rockets decided that rebuilding with the new GM, the new head coach was the option that they wanted to do. And that's really when you, when you think about GMs, almost every GM wants to do a rebuild. They want to build something from scratch. Mm-hmm. They, they want that. Um, and so I think that's what they chose. They made that decision. I think, unfortunately, the way that James Harden had played in the last, not not just that Laker game, those two Laker games, but in the last three games, forced the hand of the Rockets to make the move now. You know, after that game, we all saw the comments, like, I'm, I've tried everything, or you know, whatever, whatever nonsense that was. So uh, and that this team isn't good enough, blah, blah, blah. It was just clear that Harden was, was essentially quitting on the Rockets organization and and his play was was very obvious that he was no longer involved or engaged. And I think having like some real MFers on your squad like DeMarcus Cousin and John Wall, I think he knew the pushback was going to be crazy and I'm sure I'm I'm actually 100% sure that Boogie said something at some point. Like, well, yeah. right after that, right. in the press conference he goes. The disrespect started before you even got here. And I'm here for John Wall. Like that's basically what he said. I'm here for. I'm here for Wall. Uh, I, I, okay, dude. Let's get into the to the Harden factor here. The blatant disrespect. You are an NBA All Star perennial. Three of the past five years, you've led the league in scoring. You've been top three the past five years. It's obvious you are one of the best players to ever play the game of basketball. His leadership skills are not good. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not in the Houston locker room, but. I watch enough basketball. Everybody watches enough basketball to see. He gave zero fucks about uh, training camp. He gave zero fucks about Cleve- or COVID. You know, he came in out of shape. What leader does this, right? And then you pull this shit after the end of the game in, like, in the press room saying that this is over, basically saying goodbye. So if I'm Silas and Fertitta and I'm looking at that, I'm like, fuck, we got to get him out of here. Like we got it. We got to scramble and make something happen right now. There's no mistake why it happened the next day. Right. Like there's no mistake about that. It was done. It was no longer tenable. Right. So maybe the reason that the Nets deal happened before the Sixers is 
you know, the GM for the, for the Rockets just goes, look, we, we're moving him now. Mm-hmm. What's your best and final offer And we're when we're making a decision now? Do you think they made it? Okay, the one thing I also hate is they send him a place he wanted to go. Like, I hate that. <laughs> well, know? but not only they, I mean, I understand. Do you think what they owe it to him? That's what I'm saying. Like, do no. you think? Right. No, 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 not at all. I think if it was Maury still as the GM, maybe there would there might have been some like I owe this guy like a, a you know a place where he you know no I don't think I think with this new leadership there was no nothing was owed like how they did like OKC did with Russ like yo you've done so much for us and you know wherever you want to go we'll try to make it happen and not only that but like had James Harden played hard mm-hmm. and like actually been playing then maybe they would have felt a little bit of that but regardless he did end up going to one of the destinations that he asked for and i do think it was one of the few places that had you know the assets in return that the the rockets were looking for which which turned out to be um you know a shot in the dark on, on olodipo who's a free agent next year and two more expiring contracts in exum and karooks karooks mm-hmm. i don't know how to say that guy's name um and then all these picks so you know now we have oklahoma city Houston and New Orleans that have all the picks. They do. And for the foreseeable future. Well, I mean, those 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 Brooklyn picks can turn into like 20 picks, like 20s in the first round. Well, yeah, round. you can start flipping and I don't those. understand a swap pick. I really don't at this point. A pick like, swap? Yeah, they get three pick swaps. So what What the? how does that Wh- Whichever work? one's better. So if Houston finishes worse, mm-hmm. they get their pick. Okay. And they swap it out if they're it, – it, it's, it's relatively easy. So if, if, if Brooklyn has the better pick somehow, they get that pick. Okay. It's pretty. It's pretty straightforward. Um, so, so here's the question: There is no Kyrie. Okay, Kyrie is doing whatever Kyrie is doing or has been doing. He's another guy that is just taking time off for whatever reason. Can we talk about Kyrie right now? Can I? Okay, this is the deal with Kyrie and me right now. I am not. I've said this so many times. You have too. I'm not dumb. Kyrie is a generational talent, right? One of the best point guards we've ever seen. Every Anybody that watches basketball and pays attention to basketball knows how good he is. But you also know that his antics are bullshit. He does not play well with others. These And, and everybody wants to say it's mental issues. It's mental health issues. Let us know it's mental health issues. Because if you don't tell us or you don't speak to the media, you're going to look like... Or you don't get help. Or you don't get help. Go get help from professionals that right. can help you. <laughs> it looks like you, you, you look like an entitled an entitled motherfucker and I'm done. Like I'm, I, I hate how like the media and, and even players and, and coaches and shit just like walk on eggshells around this guy all the time. Cause they don't want to talk about the antics that he's doing. And I think if I'm a member of his team, this, this shit is deja vu all over again, right? Yeah. You can't just leave your team, dog. Now I understand everything that happened at the Capitol building. Yeah. We're all fucking pissed off about that. We all are. And Kevin Durant didn't give up a, 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 a long future in Golden State to come play with your ass that's being all weird about everything. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, like we just said, the Nets are kind of – I know Steve Nash has got to be shitting his pants. A few, you know what I mean? Like if you're a coach and an owner that don't know where your star point guard is that you're paying $30 million a year for, come on, man. And what does that tell to the rest of your team? What does that tell to DJ, who's literally never missed a game, like uh, until he got? He's to an the, Iron Man. He's an Iron Man, never missed a yeah. game, and now he just wants to not show up. Yeah. What? So I think that's really interesting, though. And you, we, we, you touched on it earlier. Kyrie's absence, simultaneously happening with the the collapse of Harden in Houston, made the trade happen that quickly. 
I really do believe mm-hmm. it. And I wouldn't put it past Kyrie saying, hey, I'm texting KD, yo, you think if I just stop showing up to games that we'll actually get hardened? We'll get hardened on the team? Oh, like maybe they, they plotted for Maybe this? if I bail, maybe they'll, maybe they'll trade for Harden. I wouldn't put it past him. He's too arrogant for that, though. Like, I wouldn't put it past him, and I like I agree with you. I don't think that that's what happened, mm-hmm. but who knows? Right. You know, Kyrie's a very interesting guy. Yeah. Um, but I think you know those two things happening like that: Harden clearly giving up and no longer wanting to play like at all, and then Kyrie just literally bouncing on the team without even as, as much as a text fucking message to Steve Nash. It goes all right. Well. Let's get an insurance policy, right. and we we have the assets to go get the best insurance policy available in James Harden as they as they see it. KD had and Kyrie had to sign off on it though, right? Or no? Do you think they were just like KD definitely signed off on that, right? But we know what happens. So this this brings me to like kind of the, the next point. Two or three episodes ago, I talked about when players try to be GMs, it doesn't work very well because they always want to go play with their homies. Right. And here we have another situation. Harden tries Russ, homie. Doesn't work. Russ bounces. Harden now bounces to join the other homie, and we'll see what happens here. Uh, but what we definitely need to see from James Harden in order for this to be successful in any form or fashion is team play, not James Harden first, Nets first, and that includes defense. So we, we touched on the fact that the Nets gave up Jared Allen, and everyone's talking about it because now they don't have – I mean, DeAndre Jordan is a very – solid center he ain't but dj anymore that's though. the thing he's not jumping 40 inches anymore and he's not a young buck anymore. he's getting benched for a reason too there has to be something going on so you know and then not only that but torian prince right is no slouch defensively either and arguably was their best wing defender outside of tlc maybe and that's like ugh, that's not great if tlc is your best wing defender so the first thing that i thought of when i saw this trade is how the fuck did the nets not include pj tucker or like Larry Nance or somebody in a three-team trade. You only got one to shore up yeah. your defensive unit that you just we already you already said it before they were not good defensively already. Now there's zero. There's a zero on defense. How do you not try and swing for something? Give me give me PJ I'll give you two more picks or I'll give you TLC. Like give me PJ Tucker. And then that solves a lot of problems. Like if it, it helps, just, just imagine that though. Like right. you have PJ Tucker coming off the bench, yes. And in a pinch, you can start him if you really want him to, like you know, body up on on fucking Giannis or mm-hmm. you know, Beal or you know, any of these really important players that they're probably going to come up against, not during the regular season necessarily, but during the playoffs especially. And that to me is shocking. Now what they do have is they have three open roster spots. The Nets do. Uh, so they can go out and sign somebody, and I, my guess is that Sean Marks is not done dealing here. He doesn't have a lot of assets. What's the asset left? He doesn't have a lot of assets to deal. Um, but he, my guess is he's probably going to be pulling some other shit together. Um, and certainly they have to sign more players because we know if COVID hits a couple guys, then just last night the the Nets had nine players. Um, some obviously due to the trade, and some due to to contact tracing and things like that. So. My guess is we're going to see them try to, you know, provide some sort of depth on the wing defensively um, in free agency with somebody. But the problem is, is that there's not a lot of great defensive players. There might be at the trading at, at the buyout time though. There Maybe might, buyout there time. There might be. But you're totally, and I didn't even think about that. You're totally right. They like 
everybody else got multiple assets and they could just got Harden. And especially since PJ Tucker probably won't be a Houston Rocket next season either. Yeah. Might as well throw that in there. And so it, the only other person that I thought would be intriguing is a guy who's clearly out in Sacramento in Marvin Bagley. Now, yeah. the issue is what the fuck can you give up anymore now for a guy like Marvin Bagley? You have to involve another third team and you have to move a lot of shit around in order for that to happen. But that's a guy who's clearly unhappy. We know I, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and say that he's a defensive stopper or something, but it, depth is what we're talking about. And Bagley is a nice big. He, he, he can come off the bench and provide some minutes or you, you know, maybe you start him in a small ball lineup. I don't or, think we've seen the best of Bagley at all. He it's, clearly is not fitting in right now in right, Sacramento. Right. Uh, but that, you know, just that's a guy that I, that needs to find a home outside of Sacramento. And I think there's, you know, several teams that might take a shot at him. Uh, but that, that was just a name that I was thinking of last night. And I go, well, you know, if you're, if you're going all in, which they clearly, clearly are for this year and next year, why not just or, keep going in debt and try and bring in somebody to shore up that defensive front? Even on the three-team trade, like Cleveland has nine big men. You can't give me one of those? Uh, uh, Nance Jr. would have been great to be thrown into that deal. Give me him. Uh, you know, the, the narrative right now is, all, is, of course, there's only one basketball. And there, you're right. There is only one basketball. And it's going to be very interesting to see how they how this works out. We were interested to see how Kyrie and KD was going to work out. And we're, we're, we're we got five six games. games yeah. yeah. And it's already a mess. It's already a shit show, dude. And I just uh, look, I, I and, you know, I love Kevin Durant, but. If he's going to be your defensive anchor too and your offensive juggernaut, like that's just so much, so much to put on a guy coming off Achilles, dude. Absolutely. And really, you know, all the people out there that are, that are saying the Nets now are the odds on favorite and in the East may not be watching a lot of Milwaukee be playing basketball right now because not only are they leading the league in scoring Milwaukee, they're, they're one of the top three point shooting teams and they have a great defensive core. In comparison to the Nets, mm-hmm. I would call that great. What Milwaukee has defensively, in comparison to what the Nets have now. Uh, so, do you think the Nets are or should be the favorites in the East? No, no, I don't. Well, not right now. And and again, I I have to see them play. What I've seen from Kyrie and James Harden the past two weeks, three weeks has just been the the re, the the fact that teams want them right now. Like I understand how great they both are but chemistry is such a big deal and we were on a we were on a uh, a watch party the other night with a few different pros Kwame Brown, Samaki Walker, a bunch of other guys and I was talking about the value of, you know, everybody wants to be Steph Curry, everybody wants to be LeBron, the value of people like Nicholas Batum, these guys that are team players that are great in the locker room. I brought up Batum a lot just because, you know, people look at stat lines and uh, like you look at Nick Batum's like, Oh, he only had nine points. Yeah. But he had six rebounds, uh, four steals and three blocks. You know what I mean? Like those are the guys you need. And again, with the nets, like you just paid, uh, Harris, a grip of money. You got a payroll of Harden, Kyrie, and KD. There can't be much room left, even though you have the the richest owner, you know, around. And who are you? Who's going to want to come to your team knowing that you're not going to get the rock, dog? You know how hard it is. It's going to be. It should be easy for Harris and Shamit to get shots off. They're just going to be open. You should be. So you better hit your fucking shots. Right. You better make. If them. you get the rock, though, because you're going to well, be it's the- catch and shoot. It's it's just catch and shoot for those guys, and 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 that's that's their bread and butter. So they do have two guys. I almost I, to me, 
again, kind of going back to like, why didn't they get more coming right. back to them? I would have included Shamit to to get a defensive presence coming back. Because they got enough scoring and shooting, right? You have enough. You got three dudes right now, four dudes right now that can shoot the three ball. And so as much as Harris and Shamit will be open and should have, you know, good offensive effect, uh, neither of those guys are the Clay Thompson-ish type of defenders that made the Warriors so good with this kind of a lineup, you know? Now, if we see in the in, if we see because we were both sold the first three uh, Nets games, we're like, damn, the ball all in, the we, ball we, zipping. We, you and me both pushed the chips all in. We did all in. Yeah, and because I'm like, damn, Kyrie's bought in. Everything KD looks great. Everything looked good. The ball's zipping around, right? And now Kyrie's non-existent. Can this team put up 130 points a game? Yep. Yeah, you have three players on your team right now that can give you 50 any night. Like seriously, mm-hmm. they can. Yep. But. Who's going to be the facilitator? You have three guys that can bring up the ball, right? I just think KD looks so nice right now. Every single aspect of his game looks so nice. And I, I'm i not sure that James Harden is gonna, is the good fit for this. I get it's Harden. But my thing with Harden, Drew, is like you didn't even give it a chance in Houston. Like if you would have bought in with Wall and Boogie and PJ and Christian Wood, who's coming up, if you would have been the team leader and given it the shot, you're going to be a free agent in in two years, right? Or maybe if it doesn't work at the trading deadline. And the, and the trade still could have been happening. Right. Like it still could have happened this year. It's a bitch move to me, dog. And I agree. I'm, I'm saying that. I That's, agree. Okay. And it tarnishes like, so, I mean, the people that are Kevin Durant haters that say the championships that he's now won are discounted because of the fact that he joined the reigning championships. Mm-hmm. If he wins another one with this team, it's not going to get any better for him as far as that goes. I, and I, I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant's probably done with that whole thing, uh, at least outwardly says that he's done. I know inwardly he probably still is really pissed at everybody. And my guess is that legacy-wise, yes, this is going to tarnish his legacy further, especially if they, KD or James? Well, both of them now. Okay, but... There, so James is going to play with KD though. Like I get what you're saying. I don't think it looks as bad as what James is doing. And this is the D on my I agree. my Scantron. To me, and I get it, Drew. We've talked about this so much. There comes a point, like when you are so good and you're so valuable to the NBA, and all anybody cares about is the championships you have. And the time is ticking for James Harden, and he looks at this team on Houston, and maybe he's like, you know, we don't have enough. And he's totally right with that, Drew. He's totally right. They don't have enough to win in the West. You saw just playing. Yeah, against, he's, he's not wrong. He's not. He's wrong. definitely not right. wrong. But you don't mail it in on your on your fucking team. No. ever. And just the fact you give it. John Wall said it the best. You give me not. You give us nine games. Nothing. You know nothing. And to me, and really, it was like four because he only really played like James Harden in four games. Right. And then the rest was just like lackadaisical Harden, like literally playing. Like he, uh, there was one pass against the Lakers where he like almost threw the ball directly out of bounds. He was like he like he was like pouting and he like threw the ball. Uh, pause for the for the opening of the shout out to Trader Joe's. <laughs> um, I I totally get what you're saying. So to me, it looks like the clock is ticking. Uh, my value as far as an NBA player is huge right now. If I don't get a chip, I'm gonna go down like. Chuck and Patrick, Carl and, Malone, and, Carl Malone and yeah. all these guys. I'm going to take a page out of out of KD's book, and I'm going to go get a ring. I get why Harden wanted to join the Nets. Yes. I think everyone understands that. Um, the most interesting thing left for the Nets before we move to Houston is the Kyrie piece. Now, and, and when we say what do they have to trade, they got him. They do. 
So if we're talking about Harden and KD texting because Kyrie's not responding, Kyrie's leaving KD on red, <laughs> and you go Harden and KD go, all right, fuck it, dude. I don't know where this guy is. We need you. Like, come, come play with me. And then Sean Marks is calling anybody and everybody saying, like, who, who wants Kyrie? Don't you think his value is so low right now, though, even though you're Kyrie Irving? I, I don't know what team out there would go, yeah, I want that guy. Right. Who, who, I'll give you who ben chose Simmons. to go to Brooklyn and still is not showing up. Mm-hmm. Because if you do trade for him, there's a chance he just goes, okay, I'm going to retire. Or I'm, you know, I'm done he playing basketball. so do that. You know, like if Orlando was like, cool, we'll give you Aaron Gordon. Jason Williams, White Chocolate did that when he was about to get traded to the Clippers. He's like, fuck it, I retire. And, and I think that's a real possibility. So as much of an interesting piece as that is, I don't know how many teams out there would bite at that and go, okay, yeah, we'll give you up two or three really good players and picks or whatever for this guy that isn't even showing up to your facility when he signed there as a free fucking agent. Um, I, so I, you know, there's definitely still some more to, to come. And I think the next days, the next days and weeks will be very interesting to see what the nets do to fill out that roster and, and you know, which players they bring on. Uh, but that piece to me is still going to be out there, not just this week, but for the remainder of this season. And one final thing on the Kyrie, I'm sure we'll, we'll mention him, him again. But again, I'm very pro player in almost any stance that we take. I'm so pro player, but I'm also I also see when people are fucking me over. And if I'm a if I'm a team, and I'm going to bring up Clippers and Lakers right now, and let's both knock on wood that the team that beats COVID, like we said, okay is going to be able to participate farther in the season. Jason Tatum, who's been the hottest player in basketball, is now out for 14 days. You know, Zion's been out for six. The fact that you're not responding to text messages and nobody knows where you are, and then when we see video of you maskless at some club celebrating a birthday party, that's another big F you to my team, to everybody on the team that's playing, you know, trying to play this so safe. You know, so safe. And yes, I, I I do think you should be able to to see your family on your sister's 30th birthday. Yes, you should be able to do that. Play it safe, wear a mask. If Kyrie was wearing a mask that whole time, it might not be a big deal. Well, you also don't need to miss five games to, to celebrate you. a birthday. Thank you. So uh, who knows what it is that, that the reasons behind Kyrie's absence, um, and maybe we'll never know. Uh, but it is one of the oddest things that, that he has done and one of the oddest things that has happened in, in this, his odd career. Yeah. Um, last piece, uh-huh. which is fun. D'Antoni and Harden reunited. Oh D'Antoni thought he was done. D'Antoni thought he was done with this asshole. Just like Godfather. Every time he's out, they pull him back in. They pull you back in. And uh, so now he's reunited with James Harden. At least Nash has that, is what I want to say. The At least Nash has D'Antoni, who was with Harden for the last five years, whatever it was. Um, and has some real experience with this guy. Okay, but that's the case, though, Drew. D'Antoni literally gave Harden everything that he wanted. He based everything off of Harden. So then what's that? how's that going to work with KD and Kyrie? Right. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it, I think Nash has a very... Nash seems to have a very specific offense that he was planning for with this Kyrie and KD thing. And it obviously will be changing with, with the addition of James Harden. Uh, but my point is, is at least you have a guy on your staff who knows him and, and knows his game, but knows him personally, as opposed to not having any previous experience with this guy uh, other than, you know, the highlight reels and things like that. Uh, and, and I know I've said last piece two times. Last, last, last piece. <laughs> Final last piece. When has James Harden played off the ball in the last eight years? It hasn't. Oklahoma City is the answer to that question. As a six man? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
And even then, he wasn't much of an off-ball player. This is going to be maybe the most intriguing aspect of their offense is when he doesn't have the ball. Is he just going to be standing on the wing, just waiting? Or is he actually like I haven't seen him like, make a cut or no. set a screen in six years. So everybody said in I'll our just DMs leave it at too. that. No, I totally agree with you. And they said in our DMs too, like he's been a leader in assists too. And I'm like, well, that's true. Yeah, but when you have the ball, when you have forty six percent of the time, <laughs> you're gonna assist to somebody at some point during the game. Right, and and all you have to do is throw seven lobs, and that's seven assists. That's all you got to do. Um, okay, so now we can move to the Rockets piece here. Okay, the Rockets, my now second favorite team. They get rid of this cancer in their locker room. Yep. I mean, that's the easiest thing to call it is is a cancer in the locker room. It's clear that everything about that situation was not tenable. Um, I think it was the best possible move to get him out, regardless of the fact that we brought up they probably could have done better with the Simmons and Philly stuff. It it needed to end. Harden needed to go for Houston and the betterment of that franchise. Now, they bring in Oladipo. Initially, we thought it was going to be Levert, and, and then they flipped him for Oladipo, who was not fitting in or playing at all. Uh, with the Pacers, he literally sat out the game uh, against the Warriors mm-hmm. before the trade happened. He was in street clothes. You get a guy uh, like Oladipo, who, as we know, when healthy, is a top NBA player. He, he was an All NBA at one point. He's he was he very good two years ago before mm-hmm. the the injury bug caught him again. And so the next thing that that they have to do is figure out their identity as a franchise. Whose team is it now? And I think it's John Wall's team. It is. I think it now becomes John Wall's team. And I love that. I do too. Because John Wall's playing well. He's playing he he seemed to be playing hard. Like, you know, the guy hasn't been playing basketball in two years. He's not gonna coast. Um DeMarcus Cousins still, you know, obviously just getting his legs back. I'd still want him on my team though. I want I want Boogie on my team. Yeah, it, well, and they're obviously boys. Like there's a deep connection between the two of them. Uh, they played together in Kentucky. And Oladipo can fit in beautifully as the number two. You they're know, small though. They're still small though. Well, sure, that backcourt's a little small. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, John Wall and Brad Beal were roughly the same size, and that worked out really well a couple seasons when they were both healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my thought is, this can be kind of like a B team: John Wall, Brad Beal, with this Oladipo thing. And, and if Oladipo, you know, hits the level of play that we expect him to, or that we hope for him to, in this system, this can look pretty good. Again, they're not going to win a championship, but they certainly, I think they have enough talent to fight for a playoff spot with this roster now. Um, And they have guys that all of them, pretty much all of them on this roster, are out to prove something. Especially now. To themselves Mm -hmm. and to the NBA that not only, you know, do they belong, but we are good players here. You, You know, we talk about John Wall, Oladipo, Cousins. Christian Wood, who was a guy that was, you know, kicked out of a Chinese basketball team because they said he wasn't good enough a couple years back. And um, this is the fresh start. As much as it might hurt, you know, Houston fans to see. They love the Houston fans are great, though. Mm-hmm. I think they're I didn't mean to cut you off, Drew, but, you know, they were burning the, the Harden jerseys yesterday. This could have been his legacy in Houston is done. All that hard work that he put in and all those great seasons he did are now just like tarnished. They're done. They don't give a fuck about you anymore. You're not going down with Elijah Wan. You're not going down with Yao. You're not going down with T-Mac. You're not going. They probably love Chris Paul more than they love James Harden right now. (laughs) You know, they probably give Russell a little more love than they will James Harden right now. The way the exit was so classless to me. And here's how I feel about this now that it's all over and done for, for Houston. If I was Fertitta, 
I would have kept Westbrook. I would have kept D'Antoni. I would have kept Maury. And I would have gotten rid of Harden. Looking back at this now. Like if we knew the right. First. Right. Done. Get, get him out. In pre- and, and let's build off of that. And can you imagine what they could have gotten for Harden without all this before bullshit? Before the, well, the Westbrook trade went well, down. Yeah, but I'm saying like before all the bullshit of him, the 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 strip club, the no mask, the, you know, I'm not sure if I really want to be here anymore. They could have, the value that they could have gotten. You give Russell and Ben Simmons and the and the Maxi or Thibel or whatever and picks. So I'm I'm totally with you on that. And if these guys come out to play, they'll they're gonna come out and compete. And if John Wall buys in and says, Hey, you know what? I'm planning to be your your star point guard for the next five, six, seven years, let's draft well or let's trade well with these assets that we have now. Yeah. And I think, you know, the future for 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 Houston, what they gave themselves was space and time. Um, and what I mean is they, they clearly have, um, you know, John Wall's contract, I think only has two years left on it. Oladipo's a free agent after this year. Uh, and now they have all these picks. So they really can start focusing on building the team and the roster the way that they see fit. And I think Silas is, you know, I have to give him some credit, man. He's still, he's still trying his hardest with this whole hardened saga unfolding in front of him. I think in the next few years, they they have a real good shot at at building something that could be pretty special with with everything that they have now as far as their assets are concerned. If I'm John Wall, I I'm going on social media and telling the Houston fans, "Hey, I'm we are going to come out and compete for you, you know, just stay trust the process whatever you want to say. I'm your guy right now. I would be the first guy to come out and uh, just let everybody know that we're still going to compete because Houston's always been a competitor, always. For the past 30 years, they've always been in the mix of things. I don't think they're – I mean, shit, the way Denver's playing right now, like there might be some spots. There might be that play-in spot. And if you can get to the playoffs and if John keeps playing the way he is, you know, who knows what can happen with them. Um, okay, next up is the Pacers. They got a mini They got a mini Oladipo. So they got Levert. Right. And and that that one to me I think might hurt Brooklyn the most because they just signed him to, to you know an extension. He was somebody that you know is is younger than all these stars that they had. Twenty six and was really starting to hit stride there. Really helped their bench scoring. Uh, easily stepped into the starting role when when Dinwiddie went out. Uh, and I I forgot to mention the Dinwiddie thing. Yeah, I think Dinwiddie would have been a Houston Rocket if he didn't tear his ACL. So I think. You know, maybe Dinwiddie ends up on this team, and when he, if if he comes back, uh, we assume that he's not going to be back this year. But that that's going to be a big addition uh, when when they get him back um, for the Nets to have an additional ball handler, especially if if Kyrie's off the off his rocker continually. Um, but the Pacers get Levert, and the Pacers are good. Yeah, I, I the the reason I, I wanted to bring them up is is because we've talked a lot about, and and so has the media in general. Sabonis and Turner, it's not working. They need to get rid of one. That's not the case. It's working fine. Sabonis is a four. He's great. He is very good. He's an all-NBA player. He is, yeah. Mm-hmm. His, his footwork in the post is great. He actually can take people off the dribble a little bit, which I think is surprising, and he's kicking out really well. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon's having a career season he right is. now. And, and Miles Turner's blocking the shit out of everybody. Exact. Miles <laughs> Turner, I think all this trade talk about him in the last two to three years clearly has affected him because he went back and said, you know what? Fuck everybody. Like I'm going to, I'm going to show how, how much I'm worth. Um, and he's doing that and they're playing well together. There's not an issue with them playing on the court together. 
Um, and it was pretty clear that Oladipo needed to go in that situation. It just wasn't happening. They got a new head coach there. They're trusting, you know, uh, Aaron and Justin Holiday more than they are Oladipo at this point. T.J. Warren without with an injury, which is a big loss as, from a scoring standpoint mm-hmm. for the Pacers. Lavert steps right into that role, no problem. Obviously, he's probably I think he's probably more of a two than he is a three like T.J. Uh, but now you have a really nice starting lineup of uh, Brogdon, Lavert, Holiday. Sabonis and Turner, and they have good guys coming off the bench, uh, especially our boys Cassius Stanley. He almost threw down a crazy alley. I didn't see that. He missed. It. He got fouled mm-hmm. um, uh, against the Warriors. It was like a half court lob that they threw him. He got so high in the air, <laughs> and Damian Lee just kind of caught his wrist before ah. it went through. Um, uh, he's not that big of a role yet, but you can see that they're going to start working him in, and he was getting more minutes than Oladipo. So, like I said, it was pretty clear that Oladipo needed to bounce, and he made it obvious too, though. And I think the Pacers are going to be a good team for this whole season, and I have to say that I underestimated them. I didn't think I thought they were going to kind of be middle of the pack, and I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to win the East by any form or fashion, but I do think, and I and I have to say like. Unfortunately, Bill Simmons said it first, but they do remind me of what the Heat had mm-hmm. last year going for them this year. Kind of the no one believes in us, the chip on the shoulder, talented, hardworking guys that have something to prove. So I, I, I really like what they did. Last piece is the, is the Cavs. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this. We already touched on it. They, they now have five centers. Um, but the reason I want to bring this up is because now, to me, with that roster – Somebody's got to move. A big, a big, or Drummond, two big. Drummond might be on the way out. Who for whoever might want that that contract? Yeah, I see, Drummond he only has one year left, so it's an expiring contract, which might make it you know acceptable. And like you know, if you're Portland, you know maybe you want Drummond. I don't know. I got a lot of bigs too. Nurkic has been eh this mm-hmm. year, um, but you know, Drummond or Kevin Love, who has yeah. been injured, yeah. might be on there and probably should be on the way out because nothing's happening in Cleveland with that roster. And it's just hilarious. They got two point guards and seven centers, and 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 uh, Seti Osman. Uh, they're only like Drummond's so wings. underrated, though. I think. I mean, the rebounds and the blocks—they're pretty. They're, it's pretty impressive for the contract. I don't know, but I don't know how many people would pick up that contract. Well, he's only got one year left. All right. So, so he's going to be a free agent next year. Is my point. He opted into whatever the, yeah, or 20, whatever. 27, 28 million dollars. Mm-hmm. So he will be a free agent next year. And that's my point is like, if there's a team that wants, like if Charlotte, like they need a fucking, yeah. they need a big, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe we'll throw you, I don't know, something like mm-hmm. one of the, the Martin twins or something. I don't know. Uh, but there's teams out there that could use Drummond. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know if necessarily that's more, if there's more of a market for Drummond or more of a market for love uh, in, in, in trading and, and getting a return that they're hoping for. Uh, but something has to change there because it's like it's like the Cavs and the Pistons had like a bet between themselves, like who can get the more the most centers, you know, in one season. Like how many centers can we have in a, in a in an NBA that clearly devalues the center position? You had texted me the other night and you're like, dude, Detroit's real bad. They're like, bad. They're, they're, they're really Jeremy bad. Grant is playing his ass off. Yeah, he is. But they're bad. Yeah, they're they are. And then just with all these moves that just happened, I had a couple things because it, it doesn't just affect those four teams. It obviously affects. The entire NBA, when when a massive trade like this happens between four teams and a, one of the best players moves conferences. So first, an all-star position just opened up in the West. Harden has that lockdown. Uh, you got Devin Booker and CJ McCollum, who are definitely dueling right now, and CJ is playing his ass off. So one of those two guys, in my opinion, is going to step up and take that all-star spot away. 
Um, and it could be John Wall too, if he keeps playing or if his, if his play improves. Um, but more importantly, Kevin Durant's MVP race is now over. Nobody's going to vote for Kevin Durant for MVP when you have Kyrie Irving and James Harden on your team. That's he, not going to happen. He was on the way. He was there. It was, he was, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with the roster that they had before the trade, it was his MVP to lose mm-hmm. based on how he was playing. And everyone loves a comeback story, um, especially a tr- like a tremendous comeback from an, AC, uh, from an Achilles. Uh, so now Duran is out, and I placed the bet on LeBron James to win the MVP for this season at 6-1, to one, and I'm taking that motherfucking money home at the end of the year because now it's LeBron James's MVP to lose. And I know I, I, you know I snuck in a Laker take there. That's fine. But hear me out. Giannis is not winning a third MVP. It's not going to happen. We People get fatigued on voting for the same player over and over, which is why LeBron doesn't have more MVPs, period. LeBron should have nine. Yeah. And so with that being said, LeBron also has not rested this year in the way that I expected. Yep. I thought for sure he was going to be a couple games here, a couple games off. You know, maybe, you know, uh, we'll, we'll play him 20 minutes, you know, for the first couple games. None of that. He's playing... Normal minutes, he's playing fantastic. And Anthony Davis has been the one who's been a little hot and cold mm-hmm. occasionally. He's still fucking great. Uh, but, you know, there's definitely been some some games where you go, all right, AD doesn't look like he's all the way into this game right now. So, LeBron, in my opinion, now is the front runner. James Harden, also out. Giannis, we yeah, said, is too. out. Giannis Kurt, should be in the conversation always, no matter what. It's just not going to happen. Won't, they, he won't be voted It's in. not going to happen. I agree. So, you got the last two MVPs. Completely struck off the list. They're not going to be voted for MVP. It's just not going to happen. The only outside shot is Curry, I think, in my opinion, for MVP. So who else, other than LeBron, would be an MVP candidate? Maybe Embiid? Maybe Embiid this year because he's playing his ass off? Okay. But, again, I think it's LeBron's MVP to lose this year. I would never... Drew, you know my stance on LeBron. I would never (laughs) argue. I thought he should have won it last year. (laughs) I definitely thought he should have won it last year. I will never argue... A LeBron James, especially if you're the best team in the NBA and you're still putting up numbers. If you're still doing what you're doing at 36 years old and you're still the best team in the NBA, yes, you should totally be. Now me, I with you on the Embiid, and I haven't watched enough of Philly. I see the numbers and I see all that. I haven't watched enough of, of Embiid, but... I can be a homer a little bit right now. Paul George is having a fucking phenomenal year. Right. He is... um. Whatever you got to say about Paul George, you can just – and again, let's wait till the, the yep. playoffs. I get it. Paul George is lights out right now. So the other names are, are um, Doncic. Mm-hmm. Lucas still is going to be in the conversation, but he his shooting to start the season and, and Dallas's record is going to be a problem if you're going to vote and for him. And he's out of shape. He's way out of shape right now. <laughs> he he's didn't even get up for the dunk last way night. Way out of shape. <laughs> yeah, he laid that bitch in, barely, barely touched backboard. <laughs> he didn't even slap the backboard, bro. Uh, Jokic. Of course. Also going to be in the MVP teams, conversation. Teams not good. But their record is also a problem. Right. Those are the other guys that have a legit shot mm-hmm. at MVP. But I don't think their teams are good enough to make the case for them unless, you know, Jokic starts averaging averaging a triple-double, which is well within his capabilities. Or Doncic, for instance, does that as well. Yeah, but if, Le- if, if the Lakers are number one in the West and LeBron is still at 27-7-7 or 27-7-8, then yes, dude. And it's his 36th year. Give him the freaking MVP. But... We always got to throw the disclaimer. It is still very early in the season. Luka can get in his shape. Denver can get it together. Jamal Murray can actually figure out if he's a superstar or just an average player. 
And I hate saying that because he is so talented, but he's so up and down. It, it's ridiculous. And we were, they, we were both saying that Denver's probably the scariest team going against our squad this year, you know, and they're really not showing. I don't know what it is. I really don't. I, I, I honestly think all of Denver thought that the season was going to start in February. It seems like all of them were like, cool. Like we got some time, got time to chill. <laughs> and Doncic too. It, right. I mean, it was pretty clear that he did not work very hard in the time between where he left the bubble and when the season started again on getting in shape. I'm not right. saying that he didn't get shots up or work on his game or whatever, but it's clear he wasn't doing the calisthenics, mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> the cardio definitely. Uh, that you would expect from you know a 23 year old or whatever he is, 22 year old uh, kid. So those are the two wrinkles. The, the all-star spot opening up in the West and obviously an all-star spot closing up in the East with Harden's going to be an all-star there. Um, both the guys you and mentioned, the MVP. both the guys you mentioned with book, I, I, CJ would take, take it over Booker right now, right now for sure. Right yeah. now, a hundred percent. I'm taking CJ over Booker. I think Booker's still trying to feel it out. I didn't know he wasn't, I mean, I didn't know, but he's not a great three point shooter. Well, consider the fact that he's had to take pull up threes, right? It's not a lot of catch and shoot threes that he gets. So the fact that he's, yes, he's like 36%. We all assume, Oh man, he's a great shooter. He should be at like 40%. Not when you're the only guy on the team that can shoot the fucking ball. And now he has Chris Paul and I expect those, those percentages to increase. Um, but he takes difficult threes, right? right? It's not your, it's not your Clay Thompson, Joe Harris, Duncan Robinson threes where you're just, he's not the, he's not coming off four screens and, and wide open catch and shoot guy. Right. Uh, he's having to take step backs with hands in his face. So that's the thing. I think why Booker's numbers were a little bit lower percentage wise, uh, for his career from three than most people would expect. And I expected Aiton to have a, be having a better year too. Foul trouble. Yeah, that's what it is. Huh? Aiden cannot stop fouling. Right. <laughs> and that's I said that, I don't know, maybe the first or second pod of this season, I said in order for the Suns to be, to realize the potential that we all think that they have, he has to have uh, a run. He has to start getting into rhythm with not fouling. Mm-hmm. Like he has to learn how to play defense without fouling. And of course, some of that is, you know, the refs and, and the way that things are called. But the other part of it is, if that's going to be consistently how things are called, you got to learn how to fucking play by the rules that they're establishing out there. So um, outside of those names that we mentioned, LeBron to me is the is the, the leader for MVP now. And there's definitely a lot of time, like you mentioned, for someone to you know pop up and go, you know what, actually it's my year. Um, and I, I do think if there is a guy, to be quite honest, I think Embiid might be that guy because it seems to me that Maury and Brand and, and Doc have all gone we've decided this is Embiid's team. This is no longer Just smart. It's no longer a debate. It's no longer, Oh, is it Simmons team? Is it Embiid's team? No, this is Embiid's team. He's one of, he's one of one in the league right now. He's the biggest center out there that has one of the greatest offensive touches. He's a more skilled offensive player than Giannis is. Um, and they were really willing to dish Simmons for a reason. So yeah. Embiid's name was not brought up no. in the Harden trade no. for a reason. No. So I think that, is finally settled. And I think Simmons seems to be okay with that because he, he, he should, he be hasn't, okay he that. hasn't complained, right? He's playing his role. He's only scoring like 10 points a game or whatever. He um, can do way better than that. though. Of course he can, right. but really his, his value on that team is his versatility and his defensive capabilities. Jason Tatum MVP talk. There we go. If that Jason Tatum could have been in that talk. But that one's tough. If Jalen Brown's outperforming you every other night, and this is, how how the fuck can you be MVP if 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 Jalen Brown is doing what you're doing and maybe better than you 
half the season. I, I agree. That, that's a good segue into the final point of this. Like Jason Tatum having, I mentioned it earlier, and then going down with, with contact tracing and like all these games are being postponed. You called it like why we didn't run our fantasy league because this is really fucking up. It's a train wreck, isn't like, it? It's so bad, dude. It's so bad. Um, and we had this talk with Etan Thomas and on, on our uh, watch party where we had a bunch of pros just talking about what the NBA is going to do regarding this because two questions. First question is, do you think, because I'm 100% for this, there will be an NBA shutdown, whether a two-week or a one-week, where there will be an NBA shutdown. There has to be. I don't think so. I, I think, okay, I think they do. So the, the whole conversation with the players was like, so we're putting the players in danger with this, right? And we're putting the players like like guys like Jason Tatum and Zion who, you know, you're now you're not playing. You're not putting up the numbers. Like now you might be affecting like future contracts and stuff like this. And the the new protocols that they're bringing in are bullshit. That's just dumb. Like, okay, no high-fiving or hugging before a game, but guess what? We can spit on each other and bang in the box and like do what we're going to be touching each other anyways. You know, like Well, yeah, it's a contact sport. The, the cool-down chair that they have now. Did you see the cool-down chair, yeah. which I think is a good thing. Um, but I don't like those protocols. I think Adam Silver they really need to lock down. And I don't think it's with not lock down. I'm saying like uh just clamp up on restrictions for players. And I know it's difficult. It's so hard. Uh, who was it? I think it was George Hill came out and said, like, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to keep us away from our families. And I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man. That. And I get that, dude. Again, I'm, I, I, I'm totally for that. But I think there has to be a little more strong-footed uh, presence in – making this happen and making it safe for the players. And you can't control every one of these players. And it's too late to do the regional bubbles now. Like it's too late to do that. So, I think that may have been the mistake. Right. They didn't. I, I think, I think now that the, the NBA is on this course, I don't think they're going to shut it down. And here's why COVID doesn't just exist in the NBA. Right. Right. So you shut it down for two weeks. What are those guys going to do for two weeks? If they're not playing, if they're not on the road playing games, they're going to be hanging out with their family. They're probably going to be hanging out with friends. They may try to go out to a, to a dinner. I just like... Which you should be able no, to do if you want to do that. I understand that too. Right. But my point is this. If, if, you, if you shut it down for two weeks, what's to say that those players don't get COVID during those two weeks? Like, what are they, if you shut it down for two weeks, you're supposed to just be at your house for two weeks? Like, that's not going to fly. Well, that's the restrictions right now is you're at the house. You can do outdoor workouts and whatnot. But again, how do you monitor or regulate that? I, to I totally get it, Drew. I don't know what to do. No, I don't at this I, point. Unfortunately, I think this is, the, this is just the reality of the season. Uh, yeah. Like if you look at the way that the NFL unfolded, this is what's happening now in the NBA. That's you, because Goodell said, fuck it. Like you guys are all, we're playing no matter what. If you catch COVID, you catch COVID. So the, I, that's what's <laughs> happening in the NBA right now. Right. Silver has to say, fuck it because... It, this is but like serious financial repercussions if they don't finish the season. Totally. So, and, and we're not talking about canceling the season at this point, but I just don't, I don't see the benefit of a break for two weeks unless the break for two weeks is followed by, okay, now we're doing regional bubbles. Right. That's the only way that the break works. We're going, okay, go home for two weeks. Mm -hmm. We're going to schedule and figure all this shit out in these two weeks. Mm -hmm. And when you come back, you're all going to have these, you know, in New York, there's going to be six teams playing 10 games and then there's going to be a two week break. And then you go to Houston for, you know, six games, 10, you know, 10 games and, and all those things that are going to have to be logistically worked out. 
But but because they're on the course that they're on now, the only real way to do this is to kind of suck it up. And the only thing that I can come up with is you you almost need like three or four guys in their own bubble off the team that are on your G League, like in between those 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 back and forth contracts, the two way contract mm-hmm. players that you have on your squad. Expand the roster to seventeen so you can carry seventeen with you, but you you keep three or four. Not going to the stadium, so you so you don't have a, a games postponed when you only have nine players or Bingo. eight players, and you call those three. The problem is the travel component, right? So those three have to travel with you, but and then also those three or four players probably are going to be completely out of rhythm because they're not practicing or playing. You know, all those things come into play. But that's the only thing that I can think of is is expanding the rosters, allowing for more players to be there, and then having some sort of contingency plan and going a pool or having a pool of players that you can go. All right. You know, uh, Boston's down to seven guys. We need we need at least three or four. Jamal Crawford's called up. I, we said that going into the bubble too. We thought everybody there should be a separate bubble in the bubble for free agents that just are trying to. But get the bubble on. worked so well, they didn't need it. Right? They didn't need that. Right? But this is where they need it, and I think that's the only realistic thing that they can do now. And I also think Drew that you need to hold your players accountable, and like that's why knock on wood, and I've been known to jinx a lot of shit for us for me, but. I, I love that nothing's happened to the Lakers or the Clippers, right? Well, Caruso got it on the Lakers, but that was the only guy. That was the only guy because people are really like, if you want to win this championship, we can't have LeBron go down. We LeBron, can't have Kawhi. LeBron's the last guy I'm worried about. Yeah, oh, he's not. Yeah, are you he's kidding so me? locked in. Like he was already in a bubble for the last ten years. He's been in this weird bubble. He just has wine at his, one of his nine houses. Yeah, you think I'm worried about Kawhi being Bitch, at please. the club? Yeah, right. Exactly. He's, right. Get out of here. Kawhi's, no. Kawhi's so far removed from LA. He lives in goddamn San Diego. He does. <laughs> He does. He definitely lives in his own bubble. So, yeah, I just think that that's why those little things of seeing Kyrie and James Harden at the club doing this shit without the mask would piss me off as a player because we're all taking the precautions that we're supposed to take in order for us to compete for a championship or a playoff spot. And that brings all the way full circle. Kyrie and Harden are going to be out for a while before they even are able to show up in in Brooklyn for COVID testing. The travel component, they're going to have to test a bunch. And Kyrie, not only is he going to be out for that, but he's going to be fined massively for these misses. And my guess is he may be suspended. 2.3 million is what it would be for six games missed. So before we get all excited that Brooklyn's going to go undefeated for the rest of the year, there it's going to be kind of a journey for these guys to even get to the team. And you have to play together. Like you got, you, I know you're James Harden, but you know you, you got to play together. Chemistry again, isn't that the main the main thing? Well, Durant and Harden have chemistry and the three of them all played on team USA together. So they have a little bit of that, yeah. but it's everybody else. It's the whole team. Right. So in, to your point, it's not just those three guys on the floor. So yes, they all have to get used to playing with each other. All right. Our mascots getting a little rambunctious over here. If you haven't heard Kona's Kona's back in the house. Uh, you got anything else? I think we covered everything. Nick's we owe you an apology. Me, we, you and me both owe the we, Knicks. Oh, we do. Okay. We, okay. we owe the Knicks an apology because we talked about them being five and three. They haven't won a game since. Oh, they haven't. They're five and seven. Fuck. Now. It was my Austin Rivers. It was my whole Austin Rivers and pitch. Just to, to your point that you made 35 seconds ago about uh-huh. you jinxing things. Uh-huh. Oh, I do. That happens all the time. We, you and me owe an apology <laughs> I'm sorry. to the Knicks. I'm sorry. We and got real hypes, but our, our, uh, 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 Julius is playing out of his mind. Still, still, he's been doing this. The a numbers lot. have gone up since right. we since we stated them. Damn you, but Nick! They, just say they haven't they haven't pulled together. That's why we're <laughs> never mentioning you on the podcast ever again, <laughs> ever again. Not only that, but they did have a tough schedule. But I do feel I feel a little bit bad about that, and I feel bad for Bradley Beal. 
I'm just gonna say that. I do too. He should have kept. They should have kept John Wall. <laughs> they should have just kept John Wall. They would be better. They, they would, would be better. And Russ is out, right? Yeah, Russ, Russ is, is out. on or off the court. Oh, poor guys. It's, yeah. Anyway, I just I feel bad for Beal and I feel bad for the Knicks. Yeah, you both suck, Wizards and Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I know this isn't like me, but we're gonna take him out with somebody that I took him out with a couple weeks ago. My boy Moray out of NC. Big decisions is a song name. Check us out on basketballnews.com. We got a whole bunch of new podcasts. New long-form content. You guys are going to love everything. We're going to be back with you next week. Hopefully, we will both have a better view of James Harden and of Kyrie Irving. And hopefully, no other like star players go down with COVID. That's going to happen, (laughs) unfortunately. It's the follow-through with Clips of Drew. And we're ghosts. Had to take it myself ever since the age of nine. Sell a candy for school, but I pocket every dime. Elementary was simply the method to have you for four progression, but now I'm older. It seemed like I forgot every lesson. Got my family on my back like with a bread, eh? Motherfuckers on my team like with your head, eh? Do a slimy shit to make it with a feds, eh? I got stuck with all the cheese, I never fed a rat. Gotta pick my friends better cause they pose to lift me up I shouldn't think about you first till somebody would set me up When you a thug you ain't supposed to feel but that would fuck me up That you can devise a plan that could possibly fuck me up That's why I'm always by myself I would never need no entourage My trusty Nina, my nigga That's my only bodyguard Play with me nigga, my bodyguard will hit your entourage Escaping from the thunder, my patent Joe ducking homicides I got a family with needs. Cat a duck, love.